0: Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons to save on your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Kroger makes it easy to save while you shop, whether it's in-store or online, so you get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big on your next purchase. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details.
1: hello good morning angels and welcome back to morning ray this is officially my third time trying to record this intro so let's hope third time is a charm third time's the charm third time's the charm the charm Whatever, whatever the catchphrase is, whatever the saying is. I'm Lanny and I'm so excited for today's episode. As per usual, I have Tess. Tess is a therapist and life coach who is going to be coming onto the podcast. It's a really great episode. I think there's going to be lots of tangible takeaways, a lot of good information. Um, you're definitely going to want to grab your notebook and tune in and really listen to this episode. I'm super proud to be putting it out and I know you're going to love it. A little background on Tess, she is known as the Millennial Therapist by CNBC, although you'll learn in the podcast that she doesn't really call herself that, but that's what CNBC calls her. She specializes in helping millennials discover their unique life path and offering individuals concrete tools and skills on navigating obstacles in their lives when feeling lost. She's a vital resource for those who may be feeling stuck, uninspired, or uncertain by where they are in life. She brings her experiences within the worlds of psychotherapy and coaching together in her work with young adults on relationships, mental health, and career development. Um, she's been working with millennials closely and intimately for the past decade, and she has expert insights on the challenges that young adults, so like you and me and what we experienced during these tough times, especially like the pandemic. In the episode, we discuss everything from signs that you're overdue for a mental health day and how to approach asking your boss or those around you to help you get that mental health day, how to address feeling overwhelmed and the pandemic fatigue that a lot of us are feeling, ways to set and maintain healthy boundaries, whether it be in your relationships, whether they are platonic or romantic or in your working relationships, professional relationships, whatever it may be. We also talk about a few other different things. I really loved having Tess on. Tess and I spoke a little bit about my experience with therapy and how to go about asking for help if you want to start out therapy. And so that is what we talk about. But until then, let's get into our weekly intention. Now, I'm going to be honest. I haven't really said this before. Normally, I write it out in front of me. We're kind of winging it. But I do know that I've been drinking a lot more than I normally have. Like I actually feel like I'm back in first year and I'm on my like streak, I guess you could say, of like weekend benders and like yeah, it's all fun and I'm having so much fun and I don't regret any of it. But I do need to chill down a little bit. Um so my weekly intention is to chill on the drinking, to have more nights in and to just like zen out a little bit, provide a little self-care, get my sleep schedule back in check eat a little better, drink more water, and kind of just like reset and re-energize and really dive into the school year. School has started, so I really just want to be head-focused and headstrong into my final semester of school ever, unless I for some reason go back, which I don't see happening. But I just want to like take a chill pill with the drinking. I'm tired and That leads me into the tip of the week and that's to like really be aware of how you're feeling and to be aware of what you actually want and what your body needs and wants opposed to giving into peer pressure. Yes, it's fun to go out and have fun, but you don't have to necessarily drink every single time you go out. You can have like one cooler or like you you don't have to get drunk. You can get like a nice buzz. Like lately, I've been just doing like a shot or two of alcohol and then like a cooler and calling it a night and then I'm not super hungover or feel super shitty the next day. I have like this nice balance. It's really good to be aware of when too, it's too much and to take the steps necessarily, necessary in order to make yourself feel better and to put your mental and physical well-being and health First, so those are my weekly intentions and tip of the week. On to my current faves. I'm currently obsessed with my nails. I actually disliked them at first, but I they they grew on me a lot. I just have these short nails right now. I cut my nails down a lot. I always get natural nails, shellac manicure, and I got just OPI bubble bath shellac on. I did two coats and I got a coffin shape. Obviously, it's not super coffin because my nails are shorter right now, but I'm just like vibing with the natural look. Love it a lot. And then another current babe, I just got the Bondi Boost shampoo and conditioner. I got the hydrating shampoo, like the one that helps your hair grow. And then I got the repairing conditioner. Used it once or twice so far. Really love it. I will report back on if I see any quote-unquote results, but I'm really liking that. And I'm also trying to blow out my hair with a round brush and a blow dryer opposed to the Revlon because the Revlon like blow dry brush situation was damaging my hair. Maybe it's because I was putting on the high setting. Not really sure. Um, probably is that, but, um, um, I really want to try to teach myself how to use the brown brush and the blow dryer. So my mom, when I was home, showed me how to do it and she did it for me. Cute little bonding moment. Um, But I really want to get super handy with that and hopefully that helps my hair health a little bit. But the episode with Tess is a bit longer, so I am going to let you guys listen to that. I hope you enjoy it and here is Tess. Hello, so I'm here with Tess. Welcome to Morning Ray. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Of course. So, for those who don't know you, who are you? Where are you from? And what is your zodiac sign?
0: <laughs> well, I am, my name is Tess Brigham. I am from, I'm a Northern California girl from, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. My zodiac sign is Cancer, and I'm very much a Cancer. I don't know if that's, depending on how people feel about it, <laughs> I don't know if it's always a good thing. Everyone has feelings about it, but I am definitely a um, a uh, person who, uh, right, little little hard on the outside, but very, very soft on the inside, and once you get to know me, I'm fiercely loyal, and uh, uh, so... But we are sensitive, us Cancers, for sure. <laughs> yes,
1: for sure. I'm a Leo, so I'm someone who's ah. like
0: very loyal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what I've heard. I've gotten this feedback when I've gotten my chart read where they've said, you know, you need to have a little bit more of that Leo energy because there is something about <laughs> Leos who, right, that sort of like, here I am, take me or leave me, like proud, you know, this, this yeah. no, you know. No self-doubts of who you are, like love, you know, and I think that that energy is a good thing sometimes because that when you get filled with self-doubt and unsure and all of that, it's just, it's a, it's a, a, you can just drain the circle of, you know, drain the, the sink just constantly going in circles about, about certain things.
1: Yeah. I love embracing my inner Leo. (laughs) I feel like when I was growing up, I never understood like – because I was so shy growing up. I feel like now in big social like Um, events and stuff like our big social settings I get a bit more shy again but definitely one-on-one I'm more outgoing and when I say like I'm shy they're like what what are you saying (laughs) like you're not shy at all but then my friends like if they really are observant and aware of like and know who I am and they see me go into like a group setting with maybe like I don't know every single person and I Mm. feel a little out of my comfort zone they're like oh that's what you were talking about you're a little more (laughs) standoffish
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know many, I'll be honest. I I only know a handful of people that are really good with a room full of strangers, Mm -hmm. right? Like, is any, you know, I think it takes a certain personality to be able to do that. I think that um, I think most people across the board, if you don't know everybody, there is that, that sense of, you know, where do I fit in, you know, which is very, very normal.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, like, I always find that once I get a bit more comfortable, um, I definitely feel like I can open up more and be more like my usual self, how I would be mm-hmm. in a smaller situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. So – Tess, tell us a little bit about your background and your therapist, your life coach. Tell us like how you got there, what led you to become known as the millennial therapist. I, I'm so intrigued.
0: Yes. So um, I did not call myself that. <laughs> that was I, I wrote uh, some articles for CNBC and they called me that. But um, yeah, so I am a licensed psychotherapist and a board certified coach. And I have um, been working with people for over 15 years. And for the last 10, I, I've, I've been fr- primarily working with young adults at the time when when 10 years ago, they were millennials. Now, obviously, millennials are getting older, mm-hmm. we have a whole new generation Gen Z that's coming up. So it's mainly these two. Uh, so it's mainly people in their 20s into your 30s. Um, and, uh, you know, just during this time of your life where you're trying to figure out who you are, what you want, what life's all about, while simultaneously, you know, getting on a career path, figuring out about love, what is it that I want? Where do I want to live? How do I want to live my life? You know, all of these big life questions. And, um, and so for the, about 10 years ago, I opened up a practice, a therapy practice, actually, in downtown San Francisco. And young adults, 20 somethings started showing up and it, it really hit me how much, um, how different the world was when, mm-hmm. as opposed to when I was in my twenties and, um, and how the, the experience for someone in their twenties into their thirties is so radically different today than it once was. And that there weren't a lot of people out there talking about it, advocating for young people, talking about how difficult it is. Um, you know, the, the, the evolution of figuring out who you are as a person is, is difficult for everyone across the board, but the world that we live in today between social media and the internet and the vast amount of information coupled with the pandemic and the world that we live in, you know, it, it, it is 20, hundred times harder to be young mm-hmm. um, today than it has ever been before. And um, so I felt like, you know, that's really what got me interested. And the other thing that I noticed was that, it was my clients needed coaching more than they really needed therapy. You know, they, mm-hmm. they needed therapy, they wanted help in terms of, you know, addressing mental health issues, but a lot of it really was around like, how do I make decisions? How do I not fear, fear failure? Um, you know, how do I figure out my career path? Like, how do I define my values? Like all of these things that really were much more action oriented and much more about the present into the future then really wanting to kind of go back into their past and figure out their relationship with their parents, um, stuff that's more traditional therapy mm-hmm. work. So that's when I got very interested in coaching and I became a, I eventually became a board certified coach and then really made this transition into, um, I do both essentially. Um, mm-hmm. but most of it's coaching these days, because that's really what people come to me for and what people are really needing and wanting in the world that we live in.
1: What type of therapy were you doing before? So I go to therapy. Um, I believe she's actually technically called like a social worker mm-hmm. or a counselor. And I do mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy yes. with her to help with my anxiety. What did you specialize in or what do you specialize in?
0: Yeah, it was, I was trained in cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, so CBT mm-hmm. uh, and I, you know, every therapist, You know, some are very traditional. Some will be like, I only do CBT and that's it. Mm -hmm. For me, you know, I did, I was trained in CBT and that was what influenced me. And I also um, used a lot of uh, what they call solution oriented therapy, which is, you know, this idea of, it's very similar to coaching. So, Mm -hmm. um, which is really about focusing on where you are in the present day and, And what's happening for you now, really thinking about like, what are the solutions for things, Um, um, you know, less about, and this is the same thing with cognitive behavioral therapy is less about like going into the past and kind of rehashing everything and having to kind of talk through every trauma and every difficult situation. There's a lot of schools of thought that, you know, going back and retalking about trauma over and over again just re-traumatizes the person Mm -hmm. that it's really about trying to understand what are the underlying thoughts and feelings? What are, what are the limiting beliefs? What are the, you know, what are the beliefs about yourself? What are the thoughts about yourself that are keeping you stuck and not able to see yourself in a different light and, and essentially rewrite your story of how you see Mm -hmm. yourself in the world. Um, and so that's a lot of the, you know, the work, that I'm doing. And so the coaching really lended itself to that. So, yeah, I know it's very confusing because there's social, <laughs> there's licensed clinical social workers who are basically perform therapy. Yeah, And then I'm an MFT, which is marriage and family therapy, but it's the, the this license isn't just to work with marriages and kids. And, you know, it's really designed to work with um, relationships and interpersonal mm-hmm. stuff. And then, but, yeah, there's PhDs and PsyDs. There's so many people out there, and it's, I, I know it's incredibly confusing for yeah. most people about, like, what exactly is this? And I always tell people that it really comes down to being super
1: busy can make it really easy to fall into a dinner time recipe rut or even with your lunches. Any meal, honestly, can get you into a rut, especially with a busy schedule this fall. You can keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. It's truly a no-brainer. It does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-proportioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. It's never been easier. I personally love HelloFresh as a way to get exposure to new recipes, make my life a bit easier as a busy 20-year-old in the city, and I love that it's worry-free, it's super easy, it's convenient, and gets delivered straight to my door. Go to HelloFresh.com 50Ray and use code 50Ray for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50RAE and use code 50RAE 50RAE for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And thank you for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray.
0: No matter whether it's therapy or coaching or whatever it is, it's really about whether or not you like this person. Like, do I want to talk to this person? Do I want to share my thoughts and feelings with this person? And, and do I think they're capable of helping me? A hundred percent. And if those two things are there and you're ready to do the work, um, and to work on yourself, then that's the combination. The rest of it, like, you know, where they were trained and, and what modalities and all of those things Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter as much as it does the relationship that you have.
1: Yeah, for sure. I always like I'm saying to like my community online because they're like, how did you find your therapist? Was it the first one that you started talking to that you really clicked with? And like for me, it wasn't. I've had a lot of like one-off sessions and I found I didn't really connect with them. Um, but my therapist right now, I've been working with her since October and I just feel like I'm able to really truthfully open up to her before I kind of felt like I was lying to my therapist. Like I felt like I was still putting on the act that is putting on for everyone else that everything was okay when it really wasn't. I was feeling burnt out. Um, I was overworking myself. I was having these like constant what if and should have thoughts being an extreme perfectionist. Um, But once I found the person that I felt really could get me to open up and could really provide me with the tools and the help that I needed, that's when it all clicked. And so that's how I found my therapist. So like, mm-hmm. it really depends. Like it does, they don't have to have some specific title. Like you could go to a million people with quote unquote, like the same sort of certifications or whatnot. But if you don't connect to them, that's really mm-hmm. not going to provide you the help that you
0: really need. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell people like you're the, you know, you, the person seeking help, you, you, you're the one who is, you know, it really comes down to you, you know, mm-hmm. and what you want, what you're looking for, what works for you, you know, a good, any, any good therapist will give, any therapist will get on the phone with you and chat with you for at least 20, 30 minutes to see, you know, if this is a good fit and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've said to people along, you know, over the years of like, no, I don't think I'm your person. Like, let me, you know, I think you need more of this. So you just get a sense of it. And so hopefully a good therapist will, will steer you in the right direction. But yeah, I tell people all the time where, you know, the worst case scenario is you go in, you pay the session fee, you meet with someone and yeah, okay. It doesn't click, but you learn something about yourself and you learn more about what you're looking for and what you want. And, um, I far too often see people who, they go with a the therapist, they feel like they can't be, you know, they don't feel comfortable with them. They meet with them a couple times are They never feel comfortable. And the, it's such a bad experience that it sort mm-hmm. of turns them off from it. And so the idea of going back and talking to someone seems just awful. And so they don't get the help that they need. And, and the thing is, is it's like anything, it's like, you know, you sit on a lot of love seats before you buy the love seat. you you (laughs) drive different cars before you pick the car. Like it's the same, it's the same Mm -hmm. idea. You know, if this is going to be a long-term relationship uh, that you're going to build, then yeah, you should make sure that, you know, you should try out a few different people to see like, what is really right for you. And, and it will, you know, it will give you a tremendous amount of information. 100,
1: 100%. Right now, I feel like a lot of people have been experiencing burnout um, or overworking themselves, especially with like work from home and uh, hustle culture being a huge part of society. What are some signs you've noticed that are common amongst people that means like they're overdue for a mental health day, a day to just sit back, relax, and really like reset, re-energize, and get their head in the right space.
0: Yeah, I think, um, well, one, one big one is if, if I, you know, if you stop and ask yourself, when's the last time I take a day off? Mm -hmm. If you're hunting, (laughs) you're like, whoa, wait a second, hold on. We're in August now, September, where are we? You know, I mean, (laughs) if you're really having to hunt, then that means you're way overdue for a mental health day. I mean, you should have some sort of idea of the last time you took any time off, but You know, other than, you know, that's a big one, but the other ones are just, you know, irritability. You know, if you, if Mm -hmm. you find yourself getting short with people, if, Mm -hmm. if you're having a really hard time motivating yourself in the morning, you know, even just, you feel tired all the time, you're having a hard time getting out of bed. If things that normally would be so simple for you, so straightforward, feel overwhelming, Mm-hmm. Um, and that same thing with the irritability of like, you know, getting emails from people and asking you for things. And normally you, you wouldn't care at all, but now you're really annoyed. You can't stand it. Like <laughs> things that feel like you're, you, you don't quite feel yourself, mm-hmm. then those are really good signs that you're, that you're way overdue. And I also am a big believer that even if, you know, even if maybe you're like, uh, oh, I'm irritable, but not that irritable. And, uh, oh, I'm struggling to get up in the morning, but it's not that bad. You know, I think especially after the year plus, what is this? What are we on now? You know, 18 months or something here, you know, um, after the year and a half that we've had everything that's going on in the world, you know, we all need, you know, we need a mental health year more than a mental health day. Oh, yes. (laughs) So I do believe that even if you're sort of on the fence, it's better for you to say, grab it, take it, you know, um, do it, even if you have the inkling for it. So if it's somewhere in your mind, absolutely go for it. And I, I so agree with you that we live in this hashtag hustle culture that we live in this world where we feel like the only way we can take a time off ever is if we kill ourselves, right? If we're Mm -hmm. 14, 15 hours a day, and we're at this place of complete and utter burnout that our organs are shutting down. It's like, finally, people are like, oh, maybe you should take some time off. (laughs) So, um, so I, I think that that part's really hard for some people to feel like, oh, do I really deserve it? If I, if I'm not, if I'm not absolutely utterly miserable and so tired and so burned out, like, do I have the right to even take a little bit of time off? But What's important is, is that like anything else in life, if even, even if you're not all the way there, it's, it's better to be, you know, at the, you know, it's better to be at the 50% marker than to really wait till you're so burned out because you're, if you're, you're already, your batteries already need to be recharged. And so you don't need to be completely drained in order to do it. It's actually better for you. It's better for you. You'll get a lot more from it. If you're at a point where you're like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm needing a little bit of a pick me up. I'm not terrible, but it's not great. You're better off taking that time before you're, you know, completely, completely out of it. And, and because that's the other thing, right? If you, if you wait till you're so burned out, then one day two days isn't going to be enough Um, so you're better off sort of managing your time now and taking a day here and there more often than just sort of waiting and waiting and waiting
1: 100%. How would you recommend someone who maybe works a corporate 9 to 5, who might be a little bit intimidated by their boss or whoever they're reporting to to ask for that time off? I feel like there's still this stigma around taking a mental health day even though within the past year it's become more of a common conversation amongst like our family and our friends. How would you recommend for them to reach out to whoever their supervisor is or their manager to ask for that mental health day?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think that, um, you know, some of it is a bit of looking at and figuring out, like, do you have, you know, do you have time off? You know, if you have time off that you can take, you don't really, you just take it you know, you don't have to sort of explain Mm -hmm. what the time is for. I think that if you do work in this really corporate job and it's not, you know, the idea of taking a mental health day is not as accepted, then I think you don't even need to go in and explain what it is. You just simply say, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'd like to take some time off. These are the dates and get it approved. If you're at a company that you feel like, or if you don't want to take any of your scheduled time off because you want to use it for vacation time. Mm -hmm. um, If you're at a company, you know, again, it comes down to the company and the relationship that you have with your boss. I think it's really, it's about just simply being, you know, scheduling some time to talk to your boss, being very direct, but you also don't have to get into, and prove to them and get into the nitty gritty of, oh my God, and I'm struggling, and this is what's happening. I'm getting irritable, you know, any of that. I think it's really just a matter of letting them know, like, um, you know, this is how I've been feeling. This is what I need. This is what I'm requesting. Yeah, I love and, that. And just, and I think what's hard is, especially when you're young. It is. It's hard to feel like, oh, should I ask? And 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 I think especially women, we feel like we should, you know, overcompensate mm-hmm. and, and and dance around it and, and all of that. And and the best thing that you can do is really walk in there with this idea and this you know, with this intention of there's nothing wrong with me asking for this. This is, you know, this is something that I need for my health. If I had a broken leg you know, it would not be an issue whatsoever if I said I needed to take some time off and rest (laughs) my leg. So, you know, really going in there with this intention of this is what I need and really stating it very simply. I think that if you get some pushback from your company, you know, there's different ways to go about it. But I do think that this is a, you know, I think then you have to ask yourself, like, am I, you know, do I want to continue to work for a company that won't support me, when I'm really needing time and space Mm -hmm. away and, you know, um, do I, you know, some of this stuff, you know, I think that's really, really important. And I think this is what we're seeing a lot across the board of people leaving jobs these days for this very reason. So um, the hope would be, especially with everything going on that your company does get and understand and wants the, you know, companies it's, they want to keep you. They want, Mm -hmm. they do as much as they seem like they're this big cold, you know, institution. (laughs) It, it, it's much less expensive for them to give you some time off than it is to replace you.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So it's really about going in there and advocating for yourself and knowing your worth and knowing that you are a good employee and you're worthy of having some time off for yourself.
1: So I used to work at Lululemon and I literally worked just in store as an educator, which is their fancy word for a sales associate. But Lulu is a huge advocate for caring about your mental and physical well-being, which I'm sure you know even like just as a consumer. Um, So we had an employee assistance program. So I was able to seek counseling for stress, whether it be related to work or not, for free from them, mm-hmm. and then in the pandemic, they actually introduced—I can't remember their proper term—but essentially, it was a mental health day that you could take, um, and you didn't have to provide any like explanation. You could literally just say, "I want to take a mental health day on X day," and they would give it to you. And it was like paid time off. You wouldn't have it; wouldn't come out of your vacation, um, wouldn't come out of your sick days or anything. It was like this whole separate thing. So. I hope like more companies move in that direction. I know the agency that I work for right now, my boss is super understanding and I'm super grateful for that. But I really hope that we start to see more corporations, especially like the really big ones, move to prioritize mental health because at the end of the day, if your employees aren't mentally healthy and there and present, you're not going to get the performance and the results that you want as a company.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I think one of the byproducts of the, you know, COVID has been incredibly devastating on so many levels. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, I do think that one of the silver linings of COVID has been that, number one, that it has really broken down a lot of this mental health, this belief that if you struggle with mental health issues, if you seek help, that there's something inherently wrong with you, Mm -hmm. that you're broken in some way, shape or form, which has been a big misconception for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad to see that people are talking about it a lot more. And I think that you're absolutely right. I I see this just, you know, in my own, especially being here in the San Francisco Bay area, there are so many companies that so many startups that are you know they're what they're doing is they're creating these platforms and and you know, getting contracts with these big companies to be able to provide you know coaching and therapy for the employees, you know, and 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 making it you know easier for employees to um, seek the help that they need and making it free. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you that I think that you know we have this we have this built-in system right now where, you know, that this there's this idea of your health care is paid for by your company and that you have these copays and that, you know, you go to the doctor and it's it's you get what you need and and it's not going to break you and there needs to be that same thing with therapy because the problem now is is that the the system of therapy it's been broken for a long long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I have a very small private practice in the Bay Area, and you know, I I myself and many many other therapists that I know do, we do not take insurance. You know, because the insurance companies make it so difficult for us, and they don't compensate us. So, being super busy
1: can make it really easy to fall into a dinner time recipe rut, or even with your lunches. Any meal, honestly, can get you into a rut, especially with a busy schedule this fall. You can keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week, so there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. It's truly a no-brainer. It does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-proportioned and ready to cook, along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards it's never been easier. I personally love HelloFresh as a way to get exposure to new recipes, make my life a bit easier as a busy 20-year-old in the city, and I love that it's worry-free, it's super easy, it's convenient, and gets delivered straight to my door. Go to HelloFresh.com 50Ray and use code 50Ray for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50RAE and use code 50RAE 50RAE for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And thank you for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh Aha, in my dentist's office. and we don't we don't want to gouge people but we also need to make a living and i and i live in an incredibly expensive place where every you know <laughs> at the cost of living everything costs a lot to live here and to pay rent and all of these things so it is you're you're constantly in this bind where you know that you know, you, you know that you know that insurance companies right if you're an outside provider they're only going to reimburse you you know 20 30 maybe 40 Percent of what the cost of therapy is, so therapy becomes this really difficult thing to get and find, and it becomes something that um, financially gets gets really tough for people to seek out for themselves. So there has to be some sort of shift in the system where companies are paying for it, and and therapists, coaches are well, you know, are compensated mm-hmm. for it. There's there's got to be a balance to it, right? Yeah, and, for sure. And I think what we see now is a lot of insurance companies kind of betting on the fact that people aren't going to, you know, they're just not going to bother finding a therapist through the insurance company or they're not going to send in the claims or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. So my mom actually works for an employee assistance program. It's called Homewood Health. So throughout COVID, their sales have gone up tremendously because mm-hmm. now so many companies are reaching out seeking these programs. They provide like counseling, um, whether it be for like stress, anxiety, PTSD, et cetera. They also do, I believe, addiction um, mm-hmm. services to help with that. But a lot of companies are starting to introduce it, which is great. But there is this divide. It's almost as if therapy is a privilege when it really shouldn't be. It should be mm-hmm. accessible to everyone but there's like what you said. There's like this gentle dance that you have to make that the therapists are still able to make a living and have their own livelihood, but
0: ha- help as many people as possible, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And and you know, therapy coaching like this is a this is a profession where it's not you know you can't see forty people in a week you know, it is the kind of profession where it is, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's draining, it's time consuming, you know, all of these things. So it's really important that people, you know, that we don't create the system where we put like people into these, you know, therapists into these factories of Mm -hmm. seeing one person after another, that we find some sort of middle ground so that everyone, you know, gets their, their needs met. And so it, you know, I know this is just the beginning. I know it's going to take many, many years, but this is the other thing where I say to people, you know, this is what young adults, millennials, Gen Zers have really done: is they have destigmatized on a whole new level therapy mm-hmm. across the board, because you know they're willing to talk about it, they're willing to share about it. You're here talking about it on your platform, like mm-hmm. you know, talking about it and and making it so that it's okay for someone to say, oh wow, okay. Yeah, I, I, I can go seek help. That's, yeah, great. This is someone I admire and she's seeking help, which is huge. Yeah,
1: and even now, like apps like Talkspace and BetterHelp, they're being mm-hmm. advertised on so many platforms, on social media, on other podcasts. So many people are openly discussing and sharing these resources where before I felt like it was very hush hush, like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, she's going to therapy. What's wrong with her? Versus now it's like, I'm going to therapy. I want to go to therapy for a lot more people. Yes, there's still that divide where people are very self-conscious about it. Um, and there's still the stigma, but I definitely feel like my generation is starting to move the needle. And I'm I'm proud to be a part of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: So we spoke a little bit about COVID and the pandemic. What are some ways that you can help address um, feeling overwhelmed or the fatigue that has come along with the pandemic, constantly being stig- um, stimulated? I can't think of the word right now. <laughs> stimulated by technology and screens and everything, mm-hmm. and being like in this constant state of anxiety from not knowing what tomorrow looks like. What are the best ways to address these feelings?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think always the best and first way is to, is just the simple acknowledgement of the feelings because the other part of it, what's really important for people to understand is, is that if you really take a step back and look at it, we've all been at this heightened state of anxiety and Mm -hmm. uncertainty for a year and a half. So if you think about someone who goes to war, you know, like a tour of duty is a year, Mm -hmm. you know, and we see, you know, we are very accepting of someone who comes back from war, who's been at this heightened state of anxiety for a year that, yeah, they were going to have PTSD symptoms. They're going to be, there's going to be a struggle. It's going to be difficult. So even though, you know, maybe like live, you know, being at home and working from home, hasn't been exactly a war zone. The mm-hmm. simple fact of the, of not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, the simple fact that, y- you know, no one's been able to plan anything.
1: And mm-hmm. that's the other
0: part of it too, is we originally thought this was two weeks, then a month, and then <laughs> maybe the summer and then, oh, the end of the year. And now, right. And people are now going back and we're talking about the Delta variant. Right. And mm-hmm. And so the constant going back and forth, like those feelings. So if you're feeling really anxious, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling fatigued, Like all of those feelings are very normal and natural to feel. So don't, you know, don't judge yourself for them. This is something that a lot of people do, which is we have feelings and then we judge ourselves for having the feelings. And then we feel bad for judging ourselves for having the feelings about the original feelings that we had. It's layered upon layered upon layered. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about letting go of the judgment of, uh, and just really focusing on these, these the core feelings of whatever it is, if it's fatigue or um, anxiety, you know, whatever that part is. And then the next part after the acceptance of it is really thinking about what's within my control and what's out of my control. So, you know, on the big picture stuff of what's happening in the world and, um, you know, what's happening with the Delta variant and, and what's going on, right? You know, so many of these things are very much out of our control. Mm-hmm. But what's within our control is figuring out, like, what is my comfort level of, you know, who are the who are the people that I want to spend time with that I feel comfortable being around? Um, who are, you know, where do I, where do I feel comfortable going and not going when, you know, where do I feel comfortable wearing a mask where don't, you know, all of those things that Mm -hmm. really understanding for yourself and, and being okay with the fact that you might say like, Hey, I don't feel comfortable going there and, or doing that thing. Or if I'm going to go, I'm going to wear my mask the whole time. And, um, you know, those are the things that are within your control of making those choices. And it's the same thing with how you spend your time during the day, right? So Mm -hmm. you can't control your, uh, you know, people constantly emailing you, but you can control, you know, how do you start your days? You know, are you getting up and rolling out of bed and getting right on the computer and responding to everybody's emails? Or are you getting up and like having a morning, having breakfast, Mm -hmm. working out and, you know, getting yourself centered for the day? You know, are you prioritizing projects and tasks that you need to do that are within your control that are going to help you in your career? And then responding to emails and being like, okay, this is the time I'm going to respond to you, you know? Um, So you have, you know, that's the part that's really important is, is that, working from home has allowed us to have a lot more control over our schedules. And what I'm seeing is so many people are just filling all moments, just working and not doing enough for themselves. You know, you have control over taking a break for lunch of scheduling meetings, saying no to this meeting because you have too many meetings, you know, Mm -hmm. really picking and choosing. And again, how do you spend your evenings and who do you spend it around and, and, and all of that. So it's, it's, It's about making choices because the thing is, is that, you know, so much of this has been out of our control and the feelings, you know, this whole pandemic, everything that's happened has been something that we did not choose for ourselves that we can't control. So that feeling and that feeling of loss of control that creates that, that, you know, frustration and anger and the fatigue. And so if you keep bringing it back to, okay, what is within my control in my orbit then that will help you feel more like, oh, this is my certainty. I have certainty around this. I'm certain that I'm going to have a lunch hour, right? Mm -hmm. I have certainty around and control around that I start my day like this, you know, whatever that is for yourself. So that part's really, really important. What's within your control and out of your control and the things that are within your control, how do you create an environment for yourself where you feel you know, you feel like it's conducive to you and what you need and want to the best of your ability.
1: A hundred percent. I have always been someone that has put so much emphasis on having a morning routine, whether it's a million steps or it's literally three that day, just having something to set myself up for success. For me, it's getting some fresh air, making sure I'm hydrating myself. You get super dehydrated when you sleep. Um, It also really helps like energize you just drinking some water, getting some movement in in some sort. And I feel like that allows me to really be able to not feel super overwhelmed going into my workday and opening up my computer. I've also stopped answering emails from work after a certain hour on the weekends, if I have an email come through, it is on my phone, but I, I won't let myself answer it. And before I used to, and -hmm. even today, my coworker, Ashley, like she's on vacation and I see that she's answering emails. I literally texted her. I'm like, stop answering emails. Like you're on vacation. It can wait. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like you can take your vacation. You don't need to be like emailing. Like someone can wait like 24 hours. Like they'll be fine. If they have an issue, I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So like really that goes into like setting your boundaries. So what are ways that you tell your clients um, to set and maintain those healthy boundaries, whether it be within work and personal relationships and life in general? What are your tips for setting and maintaining those boundaries?
0: Yeah. So the first step is always to first figure out what are your boundaries. And mm-hmm. that something for some people that might take like really sitting down and thinking like, what are my boundaries? Like mm-hmm. what does feel right for me? And, and I think that that is always a process. I often say to people that, you know, your boundaries will, they will ebb and flow in your life, right? For some people mm-hmm. they get, they get tighter and, and, and more rigid because they know that's what works for them. Uh, other people find like, oh, I get looser over here, but tighter over here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like some of this is the evolution of it. So, so what's really important is it's really figuring out first, what are your boundaries? What feels comfortable to you? What feels right to you? And, and then once you have defined those, then it's about, then you want to implement them into your life. And so some boundaries we implement and we don't need to tell anybody about, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, one of them might be like, I only respond to emails, you know, well, I don't respond to emails on the weekend. So you don't Mm -hmm. really need to make that announcement to everybody, right? It's really about you um, making that personal choice for yourself. And then the hardest part about boundaries is this, it's sticking with them. Mm -hmm. It truly is. It is just like what you're saying. Like you get that. And I, and I do this too. And I, i you know, I too struggle with this, which is you get the email and you're like, God, it would be so simple to just respond really quickly. Yes. (laughs) But, but yeah, it's being able to say no, like, you know, that is not an emergency. Like nothing's going to fall apart. I will do that on Monday. And, um, so that's the hardest part is really you sticking with them. So, That's why, you know, if you're new to setting boundaries that, you know, sometimes it might just be one thing that you do, you know, you start with one thing. If you know that it's going to be hard for you trying to create 15 boundaries, you're going to get overwhelmed and it's going to feel too much and you're going to stop. So pick a boundary or two that you want to start um, and implement them and then Again, sometimes you have to. Sometimes it's you don't have to say anything to people. Other times you do. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do have to say to someone like, "Hey, um, you know, I need to move this meeting to this time." And and so and again, it comes back to this idea of when you go to your boss about the mental health day, of like mm-hmm. not getting into a big long explanation of what's going on. I think again, we feel like, "Well, can I move this meeting to this time?" Because like I'm busy over here. Or blah 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 it's really about like, Hey, we have this weekly meeting. I need to meet, I I need to move it. These are some times that I can move it to. Mm -hmm. And just doing that and and just saying, okay, this is how it is. And so then now you've moved that meeting. Now you have 12 to one every day open. That's your lunch hour. And then it comes down to like, how do you honor that time and how do you hold that for yourself? And yeah, you might have to over and over again say to people, yeah, hi, I see that you scheduled something. I'm not available during that time. You know, let's, Mm -hmm. we need to move it. Um, and yeah, you might have to say it over and over again. That's the other part of it too, about boundaries is it's sticking with it. And, and the other part of it is, even though you may have to remind someone of your boundary several times, it doesn't mean that the boundary is not a good boundary. It just means that some people get it quickly. Some people get boundaries instantly and they're very respectful and they can do Mm -hmm. it. Other people need to hear it 20 times. (laughs) And I know it's annoying and I know it's frustrating, but at the same time, my guess would be the people that need to hear it 10 times, 20 times. Those are the ones you probably have the most problems with. And those are the ones that the relationship needs to change. And again, just because you have said it several times doesn't mean that it's wrong or that you shouldn't ask for it. It just means that they have a hard time with it or they don't quite hear it or understand it. But, um, and then, you know, as you're bebopping along, you will get triggered. You will want to, you know, go against the boundary. And it, then you just have to keep reminding yourself of the original, like, why did I set this boundary? Like, why is this important to me? You know, and that's part of the original part of like asking yourself, like, what are the boundaries that I need and and why is that important? And then constantly reminding yourself, you know, this is really important to me. Like, I know that when I have a lunch hour that I feel better, I feel more centered and, and, you know, uh, able to do the work for the rest of the day. I'm a better parent. I'm a better partner, whatever it is. And reminding yourself of that and how important that is and that, you know, saying no or saying, you know, asking for what you need, there's a larger piece of it. It's not just you being able to eat a sandwich in peace. There's a bigger part of it that you're that you want for yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. When it comes to sending, um, setting and maintaining boundaries in a relationship, whether it be um, a platonic or romantic relationship, do you have any tips if you feel that the person that that relationship is with, they're not really respecting it and how to go about that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I do think that if you have a partner friend or otherwise, you know, whether it's platonic or not or romantic, that if you're setting a boundary with someone and you're having to reiterate it and they don't respect it to me, and I feel like that is a huge, huge red flag and a really big, like, I think you have to ask yourself about the relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, a good friend, again, sometimes your friend might need to hear a boundary more than once or twice, but if you're having to, you know, if you're having to every single time, you know, reiterate a boundary to a friend, if they never seem to be hearing it, if they're not getting it at all, I think you really have to ask yourself, like, how much do I want to be in this, you know, how much do I want to be in this relationship? What am I getting mm-hmm. from it? Because I do think that there is something, I mean, it's very, you know, when someone doesn't respect your boundaries constantly, right. Over and over again, then, you know, there's a couple things happening, right. One is, is that they're not being respectful of you mm-hmm. for sure. And they're not thinking about you, which is a big problem in any relationship. And the other part of it too is yes, there are some people out there who, They really, they have no boundaries or because of their own stuff that's going on, like they can't respect someone's boundaries. And again, that's not got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with them. And Mm -hmm. even though this might be someone like a friend that you made that you really like and you enjoy, you know, spending time with, you might find like, Hey, they're at a point in their life where they're not really ready to be a very good friend. You know, they need Mm -hmm. to work something out for themselves of why they can't respect someone and someone's boundaries. Same thing with the romantic relationship. You know, it's the same, same exact thing that you you need to be, that a, that a big part and a big foundation of relationships and a cornerstone is respect. Mm -hmm. You know, respect is huge. If you have, if you have contempt for your partner, if you have, if you're defensive, if you if you can't hear them, I mean, those are, those are sort of the core things that break people up and that, that make it not work. So, so if, you know, if you're having to constantly go back to that person over and over again, then, you know, I think you have to reevaluate the relationship. Um, But I think the same thing is just as what you would, for a coworker, or anyone else, I think it's the same mm-hmm. thing of you figuring out like, what is it that I need in this relationship, you know, going and, and asking for it, explaining, you know, you might want to spend a little more time explaining to a partner, like why you need it and, mm-hmm. and why this is important to you and, and then having to stick with it and, and making that a priority. But I, I do think that there is something of, you know, if, if you've explained this five or six times, you know. Then that's a problem.
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like I've gotten really good at being communicative, and thank God to my therapist because before that was definitely something that I needed work to work on. But even so, me and my friend Corey, she's come on my podcast before. Um, in high school, we broke a lot of boundaries with each other. Like we would set boundaries and say, I don't like how you're talking to me or the way that you're treating me or whatever was going on in our teenage minds. And we had to end that friendship for a while. For three years, we didn't talk. But now it's crazy what can happen when you set those boundaries and you're both respectful of them. And now we have this super, super healthy relationship. So it is possible for it to change if they aren't respecting the boundaries if you're in a situation. But I think it's really important. I feel like a lot of people, especially young individuals are fearful of setting those boundaries and fear of losing that friendship or that partner mm-hmm. and, or in fear of like judgment of how they'll react. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I hear this a lot from my clients where they'll say, well, I don't like difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, well, First off, you know, you know, it's only going to be a difficult conversation if you label it a difficult conversation, because you're what you're already saying to yourself is for me to set a boundary with someone that I care about, that I, you know, I respect and I want them to respect me. That's going to be difficult. Right. And so Mm -hmm. you're, you're already sort of setting this up in your mind that to ask for, to ask for what you want and need is, is. Seen as being difficult, or that makes you a difficult person. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to reframe it for people, of like, yeah, we have conversations that are, you know, a little bit harder to have, but mm-hmm. they don't have to be difficult. And I think that part's really important is is that having having um, you know slightly uncomfortable, having challenging conversations, having conversations that require you to be a little vulnerable, like that is going to be a part of your life forever and ever and ever. And there's no way to get away from it and that the more you do it, the easier it will be. And that, you know, you will get, you will get to a point in your life where you're very used to having difficult, you know, I don't want to say difficult, like you're very <laughs> used to having
1: challenging these conversations. conversations,
0: these conversations with people, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That, that it's a, it's a part of life. Like you, if you are never willing to have challenging conversations, then you're never going to challenge yourself. You're never going to challenge the people around you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and that part's really, really important. So um, don't shy away from these kinds of conversations because they're very, very important. And just recognize the more you do it, like anything else in life, the more you do it, the easier it will be, the more comfortable you would get with it. And the more you will realize that, some people will respect it and some people won't. And yeah, you might walk away from a relationship, but in the end, what you, what you discover is like, Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm better off without it. Mm -hmm. You know?
1: And if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, but I couldn't do that. I'm Alana. I've done that. And I worked through it and now it's a lot easier. So it's very much possible.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. So please don't, don't shy away from it because I think it comes back to this question of like, what kind of life do you want to live? Right? Like how Mm -hmm. do you want to, how do you want to live your life? Like, what is it that you want for yourself? You know, do you want to, do you want to be challenged? Do you want to feel like you have control over your life and your schedule? Do you want to surround yourself with people that love you and respect you? Do you want to love and respect people? Like if you're saying yes to all of that, then, Those things don't just fall into your lap. You create that. Mm -hmm. And so part of creating that is sometimes having to, again, be vulnerable with people or um, open yourself up or open yourself up to criticism or open yourself up to maybe losing someone like, you know, all of those things, they're, they're part of the package of living a certain kind of life.
1: Mm -hmm. And I've learned that it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to put yourself first. I feel like it's so easy, especially if you're a people pleaser to put everyone else's feelings and how they might react in front of your own. But it's really important to take a step back and be like, no, it's my life. I'm not living for others. I'm
0: living for myself. Yes. Because no one else has to live your life, but you, Mm -hmm. no one else, no one else has to go to your job. (laughs) No one else has to date the person that you're dating. You know what I mean? Like nobody else has to live your life. That's it. Just you. So you have to like it. You have to enjoy it. And you have to like the person that you are. And that's really the challenge is every day getting up and, you know, continuing to grow and continuing to, you know, develop and like the person that you're becoming.
1: Yes. And yes, Tess, we've spoken about so many amazing things. If you were to leave one piece of advice for a listener, and this is all they were going to take for the episode, what would it be?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because I I was, I was giving this talk the other day and I was doing it with this woman and she gave, it was interesting. She, she gave such a great advice and I'm going to steal it from her, (laughs) which is, which I thought was great because one of the number one things that I see with my clients and the people that I work with is, You know, everyone has this constant running dialogue of, you know, negative thoughts, negative thinking, right? We are so hard on ourselves. We are so loving and kind to other people. We, you know, but when it comes to ourselves that we, we don't really love or respect our humanness, right? We beat ourselves Mm -hmm. up for making mistakes. We beat ourselves up for failing, you know, all of these things. And she said that, you know, imagine, imagine what it would be like if you just really, really loved yourself. Like imagine what that would be like. Like Imagine if you really loved yourself and thought about yourself with that same level of love. I'm paraphrasing what she said, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was so interesting because we are so quick in our minds to want to go to this place of self-criticism. And it's like, imagine if, you know, when you make that mistake, or you, you know, or something doesn't quite work out, or whatever it is, imagine, imagine this person, and you can almost set yourself outside of that of like, imagine if this is this person that you really, really love and adore and think is wonderful. How do you react? How do you think about that? And again, it's much easier said than done. But the, the relationship that you will have, the biggest relationship, the most important relationship you'll have is with yourself. And so loving yourself, appreciating yourself, respecting yourself, that's everything. Cause that's the real, that's, that's your core relationship in life.
1: I love that so much. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So Tess, plug yourself
1: out. Where can the <laughs> listeners find you? Um, if they want to get in contact with you, see what you're up to. Tell us where they can find you.
0: Yes. So you can find me uh, in a couple different ways. I'm on Instagram, <laughs> Tess underscore Brigham. And I give a lot of great um, help and advice. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about today, um, I put that on my Instagram. But if you go to my website, just testbrigham.com, I'm revamping my website right now. And I'm really excited about it. I'm relaunching in uh, November I have several courses that I'm going to be offering. One is called, the big one is called True You. It's all about finding your true self. A lot of the things that we're talking about today. And um, so the way to find out about the courses and, and all of that is to go on my website and just sign up for my newsletter. I have this newsletter. It's free every single week called Sunday Mornings with Tess. So Sunday morning, you'll get an email from me. And I give you, you know, um, I give you some, I teach you a concept and then I give you like a tip or a trick for the week of something to think about something to work on for the entire week ahead. So it's really, my clients love it because it's just, it helps you really set your week in a, in a really great space and it gives them something simple that they can work on and that they can start to see some changes in their lives. So sign up for the newsletter and you'll get all the information about me and where I'm at and all that good stuff.
1: I love that. I'm going to sign up. And (laughs) yes, I love that. And everything will be linked in the show notes. So if you missed anything, you guys can just go to the show notes of this episode and then click on it. But thank you so much for coming on Morning Ray Test. It was a pleasure having you on.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. If you guys like listening to this episode of Morning Ray, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps support the pod. I love you guys so much, and we'll chat soon. Bye, guys.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
0: Computer solitaire,
1: huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary, forward with it by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?